Thank you for your presence today. God's design for family is progressively eroding. Today, countless families do not come close to his divine standard, and we don't have to look far to see its impact. The head of the family is the father, who is responsible for the spiritual, physical, and mental development of his family. Sadly, too many children grow up without a father's godly influence, resulting in boys having no respect for girls and girls having no respect for themselves. Keep Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander cautions us to return to God's design for the family. A righteous father will be a spiritual covering for his wife and children. A righteous father will be a spiritual covering for his wife and children. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife as also Christ is head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Now, the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So many women choke on that. I don't know why. It's in the word of God. If you don't like it, you need to call up heaven. There must be structure in the home. There has to be structure in government. There must be structure in the church. As a matter of fact, the Bible says things should be done decently and in order. Where there there is no order, there is chaos. God established divine order in the context of the family. And when that order is repositioned, it causes confusion. Folk don't like order. They They don't like the Bible because the Bible is too much truth, too much order. They like confusion. And every time you see confusion to any degree in government, in schools, in society, on job, I guarantee you Satan is in the midst of that confusion. Satan is the author of division and strife. But God, God wants structure in the home. Because if you don't have it, it breaks the unity of the spirit. Everybody can't be in charge. The children can't run the parents. That's right. You put your oh baby, what you want, and so, and so the problem is, your parenting your children becomes harder and harder because you give them too many choices. Sometimes you just need to be instructive and tell them what they need to do. Do 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 you want black cookies, white cookies? Do you want chocolate chips? Or do you want oatmeal? No, you let them eat what's set before them. I don't like that. Well, we'll just leave it on the stove till you get hungry. You get hungry. That's okay. You you get hungry enough. Well, what else am I going to eat? Nothing. Nothing. When there are people all over the world would like to have the bread on your table. You you see, the, the feminist agenda is a damnable satanic agenda, and it has no place in the family. Wives, you must use your righteous influence to help your husband be the spiritual leader in his family that Christ is calling him to be. Allow your husband to lay hands on your children and family and pray over them. Encourage your husband to read the scripture to his family. Uh, encourage your husband to give leadership in the area of finances uh, in the home. Even if you bring in more money, let him, if he's able and competent and know how to count, then let him have the leadership role there. Amen. 
Now, if he doesn't know what he's doing, please don't give it to him. The spouse, listen, the spouse that is better at doing finances, the spouse that is better at doing bills, the spouse that is better at doing the taxes should be the primary one assuming that role, allowing for invaluable input and assistance from your spouse. Well, I know what I'm doing. You don't know about taxes. So don't, don't, don't tell me what I'm doing. You just stay up all night doing this. Now, that's not the way to talk. You may have the skills of a bit, but you let him talk or let her talk. Just because you're doing it don't, be, don't give you the right to just rough show out the person. If your husband refuses to assume, this is this, if your husband refuses to assume his priestly role in his family, then you wives must lovingly step in and carry on those responsibilities until the father is saved by Christ or matures to the point that he can carry on his God-given role. Here's a scripture that we need to remember. I've never heard a scripture memory on this in anybody in any church. I wonder why. I guess it's too it's too uh, convicting. But here's a scripture that we uh, that you don't hear a scripture memory on. First Corinthians eleven three. It says, "But I want you to know that the head of every man is Christ. The head of woman is man." You may have the degree, you may have the skills, you might be a better communicator, but that doesn't reverse the roles. The head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. You see that scripture? Yeah, okay, if that scripture's in the Bible, why don't y'all say amen? You, you just can't say, you can't just amen the verses you like. God so loved the world, Amen. But the man is head of the woman. Quiet. (laughs) Number five. A righteous father possesses wisdom and discernment from God. A righteous father possesses wisdom and discernment from God. Hebrews 5.14 says, but solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Wow, that's a powerful verse. You see, my friend, the word of God and the spirit of God gives a righteous man the ability, the God given ability to judge righteously. The word of God and the spirit of God gives a righteous man, woman, boy, a child, the God-given ability to judge righteously, which is to separate. Discernment is to separate and distinguish truth from error. Without discernment, you will struggle with giving leadership and guiding your family in these challenging times. We need spiritual discernment like never before. When you possess discernment, you are not easily deceived by the enemy or people, people sweet talking to you. That man say, I love you when he just wants sex. That, that girl, don't get deceived by beauty because beauty is changing. What you see at 20, you're not going to see at 50. After she has had your babies. 
Can you love her the same? She had their babies and all of that. And now you want to get get some little young Coca-Cola bottle. You ought to love her in her 50s, 60s and 70s. Even more as y'all grow in grace, grow in love, grow when the hair is fading, grow when the when it's turning gray, grow when it's receding, grow when a little weight is all coming on that you can't get rid of. Nothing diminishes your love for your spouse to the glory of God. Why don't you say amen? When you possess discernment, you are not easily deceived. You're not easily seduced by Satan or prone to do a good thing the wrong way when you have discernment. Discernment keeps you from doing a good thing a bad way. Examples. You see, give me some examples of discernment. Discernment comes from God and you got to have it. And you'll be wise beyond your days. It will preserve your life. It will make it will make you a mighty man, a woman of God. You young folk, I wished I had this back then. I saved myself a whole lot of trouble, and I'm not by myself. But how many of y'all wish you were get, uh, getting yesterday what you got what you're getting today? Oh my God, help us today, Lord. So let me give you some examples of discernment to see how discerning you are. Somebody say, I'm wise. I have dessert. Well, let's, let's just check you out. Okay? Discernment. Discernment is to hear what is not being said in conversation. Are you able to hear what's not being said? You, you hearing something, but you're not hearing what you need to be hearing, and you can identify what you are not hearing. Things are purposefully left out. You see that all the time in the media, you know. Discernment. To be able to identify agendas and underlying motives of people, regardless of who they are. To be able to identify uh, hidden agendas and underlying motives. People are loaded with it. And it's satanic. It's hurtful, it's harmful. Discernment. Discernment is to have the God-given ability to be quiet and listen when your flesh is moving you to speak. I just got to have something to say. No, you don't. Be quiet because dumb going to come out your mouth. Have you ever spoken and you just wish you, you've told you, asked yourself, why didn't I just keep my big mouth shut? If, if you're guilty of that, let me see your hand. If you're guilty of that, why, why did I have to get in God's way? Why did I have to help God? Anytime you try to help God, you're going to make a bigger mess. Because you just got to talk. You just know what you do. You just, you got it together. Discernment. To know when you are taking on more than what you are capable of managing. That's discernment. You don't let people pile on. You pray about what you're going to do. Now, some of you don't, don't have any discernment because you don't have discernment to, to even take on something that's constructive for the kingdom. You don't serve in one ministry. You don't have discernment enough to, to be a part of God's divine program. It's just all about you. 
And others of you, uh, you just you anybody said, well, we need we need you in this meeting. We need you to go over here. We need you to go out over here. We need you to go to this rally. We need you to go to this protest. We need you to go to this meeting. We got this over here. Oh, this is a sorrow meeting you need to go to. This is a frat meeting you need to go to. Oh, this is important. You, we, we need your voice. Uh, listen, you can't be all things to all people and be effective. I'm going I'm to hurt your little feelings in a godly way. You ain't all that. <laughs> You are not that important. I'm going to tell you again, to know when you are taking on more than you are capable of managing. Why is the man, woman, boy, or girl who knows their limits from God and you don't allow people put unreasonable expectations upon you? Okay. Another one, discernment, to have the God-given ability to know when you are not managing your time wisely, you need discernment. You can't live in social media 20 hours a day when it's only 24 hours a day. You just, you drunk on social media. It's too much social media in you. You go to this, this. Every time your phone blink or something come on, you, you there and you all in it and you go to this button and you don't, before you know it, you've lost a whole nother hour. Pop up, pop up, pop up. You pop up, go in, pop up, go there, go pop up everywhere. <laughs> news, 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 television morning, tele movies at night, uh, Netflix over here, Hulu, Hulu hoop over here. <laughs> One thing to another, to have the God given ability to know. When you are not managing your time wisely, you know, discernment, a couple more of these uh, to know what to participate in and what to abstain from. To know you, it may be your friend, but you might need to stay home and do your homework. Maybe it's a book you're trying to write. Maybe it's something you need to clean at your house that can't get clean because you got to be all over the place. To know what to participate in and what to abstain from. God doesn't expect you to make all these parties and meetings and clubs. Uh, Discernment. To have the God-given ability to discern truth from lies. You way up the road if you can smell a lie a mile away. To have the God-given ability to discern truth from lies, to have the God-given ability to know when you are gradually, listen, another one, to have, this is the final one, to have the God-given ability to know when you're gradually shifting from the will of God in your life with the best of intentions. I mean, you mean well, but you're getting farther and farther from the will of God for your life, and you're not, you're clueless about how far you are from God's will now. It was a gradual erosion from the will and divine purposes of God. And all of a sudden, you way out there, and you try to figure out, how did I get this far out? Here's another, number six, we're transitioning now. A righteous man will possess a sensitive, a righteous man will possess a sensitive and tender heart. A righteous man will possess a sensitive and tender heart. 
he's not abrasive. He's not rude. He's not short tempered. A righteous man will possess a sensitive and tender heart. He's not abrasive, rude, short tempered, sarcastic, smart mouth, disrespectful, but rather he is sensitive to the needs of his wife and his children. He's able to enter into his child's world and meet them where they are. He knows when his children need to be loved and cuddled and disciplined appropriately. He knows when his children and his wife uh, needs to be encouraged. We what's wrong in families, in the church, in relationships today, there is an absence of encouragement. Even in the home, son, you did a good job doing that tribute. I'm so proud of you. I wished I had that kind of opportunity when I was your age. I, I didn't know what a tribute was when I was your age. I'm so proud of you. You're headed somewhere. Greatness is written all over you. That's what the daddy ought to be saying when he get home. You encourage, you inspire. You know, and not just, not just here in the church, I mean in the home, but also in the church. You take folk for granted who labor hard in the ministry. The coordinator or a deacon, a choir person in the choir, a musician. I really love how you play, you direct. I really love the leadership you're giving. you really impactful around here. We are so blessed by your ministry. When is the last time you just went out the way to say something unexpectedly good about people you take for granted? And then you can say, but when they die, oh, when they die, 50 of you want to come to the mic and you want to say something. They can't hear it then, but be quiet. If you can't say good in my lifetime, don't go back and sit down. But when things go bad, well, what's wrong, Pastor? Do you know that? Why? You need to tell us why? Yeah, I didn't know all that. Why? 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 Everything go good? Nothing. Nothing. We all need to be encouraged. That person, that young man on the camera needs to be encouraged. That duet, that father and daughter duet needs to be encouraged. That man on the drum, that man on the piano, that person back there that's putting up the PowerPoints, those in media, the the usher, the the greeter, I can't go, the the nursery worker, on and on and go. We all need encouragement. Even a dog wants to be petted. When there is no encouragement, there will be insecurity. When there is no encouragement, there will be low self-esteem. When there is no encouragement, there will be lack of motivation. When there is no encouragement, there will be depression. When there is no encouragement, there will be even in the family, even in children, even in pastor's homes. No one is exempt. There will be even those with suicidal tendencies. The devil is no respecter of persons which are so rampant in the family. Never cease to show affection to your family. An affectionate husband and father is a special man indeed. Colossians 3.12 says, since God chose you to be holy, the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves, clothe your dress yourselves with tenderheartedness. This is what men should have. The, the kind of clothes we should have on tenderheartedness, uh, mercy, kindness, humility, G- gentleness, 
Don't be gentle. Don't be hard and loud, rambunctious. Patient. Patient with people uh, when they make a mistake. Patient with people when they are young in the faith. Uh, they're just, just trying to find their way. Finally, but not the least, a righteous father will make it a priority to pass his righteous heritage, not only to his children, but also to his children, children for generations to come. Did you get that? A righteous father will make it a priority to pass on his righteous heritage, not only to his children, but also to his children, children for generations to come. Proverbs 13, 22a says, a good man leaves an inheritance to his children, children. When we think about inheritance, you know what we think of oftentimes? We think of material things such as leaving money for our children. Those are good things. Nothing wrong with that. We leave homes. We leave furniture for our children. We leave family heirlooms, jewelry, cars, etc. We think about those kind of things, but there's something greater. We need to leave a spiritual heritage and legacy for our children. What are some of the spiritual uh, legacies we should leave? Salvation. A strong, what about a strong spiritual foundation for your children? My parents built a strong spiritual foundation in me. What a legacy. Uh, my grandparents were so well rooted in the word, but because of their well rootedness in the word, I became well-rooted. I was inspired. I'm, I'm speaking of y'all speaking personally. When I say me, I'm talking about you ought to be speaking in the first person plural here. An example of being faithful in service in the Lord's work. Can your children look at your faithfulness and they become faithful from watching your faithfulness? Can they see your godly example to the, that they embrace your godly example long after you gone? You left a legacy of a godly example, the legacy of a good reputation. You left a legacy of words of wisdom. You left a legacy of teaching life lessons. I learned some lessons from my parents that will take me on to glory. The legacy of leaving your children and grandchildren well prayed over long after you've departed this life. What about a legacy of a Bible? You know what I, I do? I'm giving out my Bibles as a legacy. Writing, annotation, writing. Then, then I turn around and I give my Bible to those around me whom I love so much. And then they can say, what did Pat, Pat, my daddy or granddaddy underlined at this? Then he circled this. Oh, look at that. That word means this. Look at that note he put up there. Look at that. Your Bible is a legacy. Rich with notes you have annotated down through the years. What about the treasure chest of memories? Beloved, these are the qualities of a righteous father. And it is our prayer that we men would raise the standard of our fatherhood. And all God's children said, Father, we thank you for the message. We bless you in the name of Jesus. Father, a lot was said and Father, if we just do half of what we heard today, we'll be that much better off. Forgive us where we have sinned with our mouths, sinned with our thoughts, sinned with our motives. Father, when we look at the virus and the challenging times in which we live, this dangerous world and how busy Satan is, how can we be up to foolishness and shenanigans and 
How can we be barking up the wrong tree when life is so short? Help us to have a ministry of encouragement in times where people are fretful and worried and uncertain. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, I've preached the word of God, but now it is time for you to respond. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believeth in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. You heard the word of God. God's word will not, God's word will not return void. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. And we invite you to Jesus Christ right now. The worst thing you can do is come into God's house, hear a message like this, and say, say I'm not going to come today. Maybe next time, maybe next week, maybe next month. Who told you you have a next month or next time? A lot of folk have gone to hell with the best of intentions. The Bible says, the day you hear my voice, heart not your heart. Whether you're by listening and by live streaming, by YouTube, or are you here in this congregation today? Your presence and participating in this worship celebration is no accident. You come to Jesus even now. Every father must set the spiritual tone for his family. He must pray, protect, provide, and teach. He must be regularly and actively involved in Christian fellowship and ministry, ensuring that his family is as well. He must faithfully contribute financially to his church and, by example, teach his family to do the same. He must be available to his family. Fathers, stand up for Jesus. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.